Amen. Have you ever noticed that we hang on to things that we think we need, but we don't? Have you ever noticed that we hang on to things that aren't so good for us, but we think they are? Have you noticed that you'll hang on to things even when you know they're not good for you? Have you noticed that? Do you know that one of the main messages of Jesus was in letting go? Letting go. I want you to say with me, let it go. Let's try that again. Let it go. See, I guarantee you, virtually everybody here, including me, struggles from time to time, maybe a lot, with letting something go that God's tapping us about, and we don't want to let it go. We sing, I surrender all, and really what we ought to be singing is, I surrender kind of, or I surrender sometimes, or I surrender almost all, right? So today I want to read to you out of Luke 14, 26, 27, and verse 33, and here's the words of Jesus, and then I want to talk to you today about letting it go. I prayed over this, and I'm really asking the Lord to set us free today uh, because some of us need to be unencumbered by things we're hanging on to that need to, need to go. They need to go. Amen? So Jesus said, if anybody comes to me and does not hate father or mother, that means prefer, does not, does not hate father or mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, meaning if, if, if you can't prefer him over them, he's not telling you to hate your parents. Such a person can't be my disciple. In other words, if you can't let go of father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even your own life, if God requires it, you can't be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Whoa, now Jesus is getting real here. How many of you know we're not just saved, we're to be disciples until we go to heaven? Right? So he's telling us what gets in the way of us being disciples. He says, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Now, those are strong words. You don't hear a lot of preaching on this, but you know what? This is Christianity in the raw. This is what Christianity is all about, following Jesus in discipleship, bearing fruit, and letting go of anything and everything that gets in the way of us taking our next step in God, all right? Father, we just thank you for your blessing today, and I pray your word will work. Your word will do what it's sent forth to accomplish. I pray that, Lord, including myself, anything we're hanging on to that we shouldn't be, that needs to go that you will help us to let it go so that we can be truly blessed. And I thank you for it today, Lord. Thank you for the operation of your word, the operation of your spirit. Thank you for taking us deeper, wider, higher, further today in God than when we first walked in this building. In Jesus' name, would you breathe a prayer, dear church, and say, Lord, I receive your word. This is the word of God, and it's to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, let it go. Tell him, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. Now, uh, I-, I want you to notice here how Jesus says that living as a faithful disciple depends on our willingness to, to let go. 
We need to be good at letting go. And the thing is, our human nature is the opposite. We cling. We hang on to things. Uh, We are hoarders by nature. Some of us hoard material things. Some of us hoard memories. Some of us hoard people. Uh, Some of us hoard habits. But we are hoarders by nature. Once we get hold of something, we don't like to let go of it. That's just our nature. But Jesus said, those of you who do not give up or let go of everything you have cannot be my disciple. Now, let me tell you what he was not saying there. He was not saying the minute you say you're saved, you've got to let go of everything you own and everything you cherish. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying that you've got to go give up everything, give your house away, give your money away, give your job away, and go off and become a monk somewhere. That is not what he's saying. But here's what he's saying. Listen carefully. He's saying that the moment you get saved, you must immediately walk away from everything he requires you to let go of. He's saying you've got to be willing to let go of anything that will hinder your ability to take the next step in God. You've got to let go of whatever he puts his finger on. You've got to let go of anything he taps you about. That's the cross, the cross is not some sickness. Oh, I'm just bearing my cross and my cross is, you know, this, this terrible chronic sickness. No, that is not the cross God gives us. Here's what the cross is. The cross is that as we're following Jesus, when our will comes into conflict with his will, we say with Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. And that's the cross, so that when we're following him, and, 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 and he says, this is my will for you, I want you to go here, go there, do this, do that, let go of this, let go of that, and my will doesn't want to do that, my will is in conflict with God, then I pick up my cross, and I say, not my will, but yours be done, and, and I lay down, I, I obey him, and I choose his will. That's the cross. And it may happen once in a week. It may happen once in a day. It may happen once or five times in a day. Whenever, whenever God says, here's my will, but Lord, that's not what I want, but this is my will, then we say, not my will, but yours be done. We pick up our cross, we lay it down, whatever it is, and we follow him. And if we don't do that, then we stop right where we are And our spiritual growth is hindered right then and there. So we've got to be willing and able to give up anything and everything that God says to. Every affection or possession that interferes with true discipleship. If it stands in the way of following him, we've got to let go of it. We must be willing to let go, listen, of pride, reputation, friendships, personal goals. Jesus said, father, mother, sister, brother, material things, attachments of the heart, habits, anything that stands in the way of faithfully following him, we've got to be real good at just letting go, just turning loose of it, letting go. Everybody say again, let it go. Because you see, there's always a blessing on the other side of our obedience to let something go. We think God is being mean to tell us to let it go, but I'm going to show you later in the message that it really is a blessing when you let go of what you thought you had to have, but you really didn't, and you obey God and pick up that cross. That is where the real life of Jesus is found, when we obey him. The moment I came to Christ... I became immediately aware aware that there were some things I had to let go of. 
I had to let go of old friends who were not walking with the Lord and wanted nothing to do with the Lord. I had to let go of friends of many years. But they were, they were holding me back, and Jesus said, you've got to make new friends, and I had to let go. I had to let go of habits that didn't glorify him. I had to let go of ways of thinking that were not biblical. I had to let go. I, it was a series of letting goes, and I'm still letting go. Amen. Jesus is real good at telling you and me, let it go. Let it go. You think you need it, but you don't. You think you've got to have it, but you don't. You think it's for your good, but it's not. And I want you to let it go. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share with you two truths today that show that letting go is not a negative. It is a great positive. Here's the two things. God never asks us to let go of something that is best for us. I'm going to let that sink in. God never says... Let that go if it is what's best for us. Never. Second, what he asks us to release will always be replaced by something better. Amen? It's a guarantee. So God never asks us to let go of something that's best for us. And what he asks us to release will be replaced by something better. You may have to wait a while But when you let go of something in obedience to God, he always comes along with a replacement, and it's always better, and then you realize why he originally said, let that go. But first, I want to just show how letting go is modeled all throughout the Bible, starting with God himself. God was the first to let go. Way back in the endless reaches of eternity, it's hard for us to imagine it, But before our world was even created, back in endless eons of time, the Bible says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit held a council. Before man was created, birds, mammals, fishes of the sea, the planets, the stars, the sun, the universe, before any of it was, the Godhead held a council. And in this meeting, they discussed how man was going to be created. And that he would quickly fall into sin. And his sin would immediately release death upon the earth and would cut off his relationship with his creator. And they discussed how that sin would have to be atoned for. And how it would be atoned for. And if not atoned for, man would be hopelessly lost forever. So God decided then and there, to let go of his only begotten son. That he would be the one to come to earth as the sacrificed lamb to die for our sins. So we all know the verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. But let me rephrase it just a little bit. For God so loved the world that he let go of his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So I want you to say with me, God let go. Now let me show you an amazing verse. This, This verse blows my mind. I cannot wrap my mind around it. I accept it by faith. But here's what it says. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time. 
Now watch this, everybody. God had a plan. And God has a plan. And the plan that he had was hatched in eternity before time even began. Before anything was created, that is, God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost had a plan. And that plan was that we would live a holy life because his son, who he let go of, would give his life for us, which would release to us the Holy Ghost of God, who would come to live inside of us and empower us to live a holy life. So I want you to say with me, God let go of his son before time began. But it didn't stop there. Then next, Jesus let go of all that he had in heaven in order to come to earth to save you and me. The Bible says in Philippians 2, watch this, though he was God, that's talking about Jesus, he was not some first century hippie tiptoeing through the religious tulips saying cool things that made people feel good. Jesus was God wrapped in human flesh. Are you with me? He was God The Bible says everything that was made flowed through his fingertips. The Bible says that it was all made through him and it was all made for him. You and I were made for Jesus. We were made for him. But look what it says he did. Though he was God, he did not demand and cling to his rights as God. But he laid aside. That means he let go of. He let go of. He laid aside his mighty power and glory, taking the disguise of a slave and becoming like men. So wrap your mind around this for a minute. Jesus temporarily let go of all the power and all the glory he had in heaven in order to reach and save the human race. He let his position go. He let the power go. He let the glory go. Now, he never gave up his deity, but he laid aside everything that he had in heaven. Laid it aside. Let it go. Turned loose of it. Didn't cling to it. So that he could become a human being and grow up and walk to a cross and save us. Everybody say, wow. Now, is that heavy or what? That'll beat anything on TV today. Amen? So so look at the divine pattern here. Here's a divine pattern. God let go of Jesus. Jesus let go of his power and glory. And then next we see that Joseph and Mary let go of their reputations in order to cooperate with God's plan of a virgin conceiving and bringing forth his only begotten son. Have you ever stopped to think that the Bible says Mary was pregnant with Christ before she and Joseph came together as husband and wife. And if you think that wasn't the talk of the town, you need to wake up. Because back then in the first century where Joseph and Mary lived and where Jesus was born, it was a great, big, humongous deal. If a woman uh, conceived a child out of wedlock and she was walking around pregnant in a town full of gossip. And, and, And think about this as well. Mary herself had also risked the very real possibility that Joseph would not believe her explanation of being pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And so she had to say, she had to let go of Joseph, trusting God to handle it, when she said to the angel, 
Let it be to me according to your word. See, there was a whole lot more involved when she said that than just saying it. She had already thought, that that, that means I'm going to be walking around pregnant and I'm not married. That means people are going to talk. And how am I going to explain to my beloved Joseph that, 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 yeah, I'm pregnant, but it's by the Holy Ghost. Uh Uh-huh. She had to trust God. So she had to let go of her reputation. She had to let go of her beloved. Let go, let go, God let go, Jesus let go, Joseph and Mary let go. Letting go is a truth and pattern and part of the kingdom of God. We got to be good at letting go. Good at letting go. Letting go of what God says let go of. Amen. Come on, everybody. Then once Jesus began his ministry, he brought the same principle of letting go into the lives of those that he called to follow him. On approaching Peter and John on the seashore, Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. And look what it says they did. They immediately left. Now, did they immediately cling? Did they immediately hang on? Did they immediately refuse to let go? No, they immediately left. That means they immediately let go of their nets and followed him. Their nets were their vocation. Their surroundings were their home. Everything that was familiar to them. They left their vocation and left their familiar surroundings. They let go of all of that to follow the Lord. They had to let go. They said goodbye to their dad. Goodbye to the boat. Goodbye to the nets. Goodbye to the house. Goodbye to the dogs. Goodbye. They let go. Everybody say they let go. Notice how Jesus, there's always a letting go involved if we want what's best and what is God's highest for us. We've got to know how to let go. We've got to know how to let go. And, and when you track the disciples' lives through the Gospels, you see that their lives were just, a, just one letting go after another, after another, after another, just letting go. They let go of their own soft beds to follow the Savior who by his own admission had nowhere to lay his head. They let go of the peace and the quiet of the seashore that they had grown up around to endure the harsh criticism of Jesus' detractors. They let go of their safety nets to follow him across land and sea, through storms, encounters with demons, and no knowledge of where their next meal would come from. They let go of all the safety nets. They let go of all of of the ease and all of the comfort. They let go. They became what Jesus had called them to be because of their willingness to let go of what he required. See, you and I will never be what he's called us to be if we can't let go of what he taps us to let go of. Amen. Come on, everybody. And boy, you want to talk about letting go? Let's talk about Paul the Apostle for a second. Paul the Apostle's life was nothing but a long string of letting goes. Listen to what he said. He wrote, yes, and all the things I once thought were so important are gone from my life. I've dumped it all in the trash. Can I read that again? I like that. This is the message. I've dumped it all in the trash. Everything I thought I had to have, thought I needed, 
thought was important. I've dumped it all in the trash as if it were trash because nothing excels and exceeds the excellence of knowing Jesus Christ, my Savior. I gave up all. He says, I've dumped it all in the trash so that I can embrace Christ and be embraced by him. I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Jesus personally. I've dumped it all. I gave up all. In short, he, he let go of everything in order to follow Jesus Christ. Anything the Lord tapped him to let go of, and as far as Paul was concerned, he had let go of everything. Amen. So, so, so letting go in order to gain is the way of the kingdom of God. So, so let me consider now the two things that I mentioned at the beginning of the message. The first one, God never asks us to let go of something that is best for us. Can I say that again? Can, can you trust God today? Is he trustworthy? Amen? Amen. Now, the Bible says we're to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And we're not to lean on what our own understanding tries to tell us. But in all of our ways, we're to acknowledge the reality of him in our lives. And when we do, he'll direct our paths. So that's telling me that God never taps me to let go of something that is really the best thing for me. In other words, he, take, he, gets, he taps us to let go of an inferior that he might replace it with a superior. Whatever it is you're clinging to today, no matter how much you think you have to have it, that you can't live without it, if God is saying, let it go, it's not best for you. I trust my heavenly father. He's not going to say, let that go if it's the best thing for me. Amen? In East Texas, I've always had dogs, and you know I love dogs, and I've always had dogs. In East Texas, I had a couple of dogs, and one day I walked out in the lawn, and one of them had something in his mouth, and I, and I so I kind of drew close and looked, and, and, and I don't mean to be gross, You're, this is going to kind of gross you out, but in his mouth, he had a dead rodent. It was like a rat or something, and this thing had already been dead, and my dog is chewing down on it. Have you noticed the dogs will chew down on anything? They don't know any better. And when I saw what he had in his mouth, I said, oh, no. I said, give me that thing. And I reached out and tried to get it. And he growled at me. Like, back off, dude. This is my find. I intend to eat it. I had to coax him. And finally, I had to go in the house and get a little piece of lunch meat to come out and lure him away from this thing. Here. And, and finally, he laid it down and came to get the lunch meat. Now, watch this now. What he was chewing on was not best for him. Can anybody agree with that? What he, what, what he had in his mouth was not best for him. Uh, what he thought he needed and what he thought he wanted, it was not best for him. And I, as somebody with much higher intelligence than him, looked at him and said, what you have in your mouth is not best for you. You are not smart enough to realize it, but I'm telling you that what you're about to eat is not best for you. We will be going to the vet if you eat that thing, and I may be saying goodbye to you forever if you swallow that thing. And you know, I learn all the time from the creatures around me. And it occurred to me, how many times has God said to me, Jeff, what, what you're chewing on is not good for you. What you have latched onto is not best for you. And how many times do we growl at God? Back off, God. Back off, God. 
Because what I have found, this is my fine. This person is my fine. This thing is my fine. This place is my fine. What I've, what I've decided to grab in my mouth and chew on is my fine. Back off, God. I surrender most, but not this. And, and God's got to call, come along and say, don't you know that there's lunch meat? Don't you know that there is T-bone steak? Don't you know that there's something better if you'll just turn loose of what you've got? If you'll just turn loose of what you've got? You've got to turn loose of what you've got. Everybody say, turn loose. Let go. How many of you have got a dead rodent in your life? That thing is dead. That thing is rotten. That thing is bad for you. And there you are chewing on it. And you think you've got to have it. And here's God saying, I've got so much better if you'll just spit that nasty thing out. <laughs> Come on, everybody. We do it. I know we do it. We, we do it. We go to bars chewing on that nasty alcohol. We hang around with the wrong people and chew on those nasty drugs. We, we, we take what the world has given us, and the world never gives you anything that is best for you. The world always, what the world gives you is always rotten to the core. It may look good, but it's got bad stuff in the inside. It's poisonous for you, and God wants you to let go. Let go. Let go, lay it down. Oh, my dog loved that lunch meat. And while he was eating the lunch meat, I took that nasty thing and threw it as far as I could throw it. We hang on to things we don't need. We hang on to our past. One of the things we growl at God about, say, get away from me when I'm, when I'm dwelling on the past. We, we, dwell on the, we dwell on the pains of it. The hurts of it, the glories of it, the memories of it. We hang on to our past. And, and you know what we do? We glorify our past at the expense of what God has next for us. Uh, you know, have you ever noticed we glorify a past that when we were there, it wasn't so great? Have you ever noticed that? We could, oh, those were the days. Oh, yeah, I remember running around with so and so and doing thus and so. But when you were running around with so and so, you didn't even like them that much. And when you were doing thus and so, the whole time you were saying, I should not be doing thus and so. But we glorify the past for some reason. Those were the days, my friend. I thought they'd never end. We'd sing and dance forever and a day or whatever that song says. But, but, but you know what we do? We, we sell God short. We, we say, oh, that was the move of God back then. Oh, God really moved back then. Well, listen, if he did it then, he can do it again. Why live back there? Why not believe for it now? But see, we glorify our past at the expense of what God has next for us. But it, here's the deal. Living in the past, just for an example, is not what is best for you or me because you can't grab your future clinging to your past. My dog couldn't grab the lunch meat without letting go of the dead rodent. The past is dead like that rodent. The past is past because it's past. Someone said, don't look back. You're not going that way. Somebody else said, inhale the future, exhale the past. I like this one. Let go or be dragged. I like that. Let go or be dragged. 
I don't want to be dragged across the finish line, hanging on to things that I should have let go of. I want to break the tape at full speed at the end of my life. So if God says, let it go, it's for your best. It's not to hurt you, but it's to set you free. Come on, give God praise. The second truth is this. Wherever the Lord asks of us to let go or asks us to let go of, he intends to replace it with something better. There's always a greater blessing on the other side of letting go. Lay down that habit, you have greater peace. Get new friends, you have greater peace. Obey the Lord. Listen, you never obey the Lord that there's not a blessing on the other side of it. So when he says let go of something, he intends, he's wanting to replace it with something better. But he can't as long as, as long as that rodent's in your mouth. Think of the disciples, and I close. They let go of house and home. They let go of everything. They walked away from it all. Vocation and familiarity to follow Jesus. I ask you, did they gain or did they lose? Their story is spectacularly amazing. Think about it. A few lowly, blue-collar fishermen stepped out of total obscurity where they would have lived out for sure common, ordinary lives and eventually died unknown to anyone but a few friends and neighbors, and they stepped into the pages of history to be known and revered by tens of millions through the centuries. Their writings have been read by more people than any author on earth. They shook the Roman world for God, and they have become the source of inspiration for countless saints for all time. In letting go, they grabbed hold of their eternal destiny. But what would have happened to them if Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? Jesus That's a great offer, but I can't do it right now. There's fish to catch, kids to feed, bills to pay, a boat to clean, nets to mend. Thanks, Jesus. Maybe so-and-so down the road will follow. Where would they have gone? What would have happened to them? They would have come to nothing. But they followed Jesus. They let go. And when they let go, look what happened happen to their life. Sometimes the very thing we need to let go of is our life. I'm following you, Lord. I'm walking with you, Lord. I'm getting up today not to do my own thing, but to do your thing. Can we stand together today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now listen, do you need to let go of something today? Are you in a battle with the Holy Spirit about a person or a place or something that he wants you to release? Is there a dead rodent in your mouth? Maybe you've been holding on to your own self, your own self, afraid to let go because of what Jesus might do to you, not for you, but to you. Oh, I don't want to become one of those Bible thumpers. I don't want people calling me one of those nutcases They go to church every Sunday. Hey, listen, I'd rather be a church nutcase than the nutcases that are out there right now. Everybody, 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 listen, it's totally polarized now. 
I'd rather be nutty for Jesus than nutty for the devil. Right? Jesus isn't going to do anything to you. He's going to do a lot of things for you. Jesus said, any one of you who try to save the life you have will lose it. But you who give up your life for me will find true life. You know what I want to do? I want to have a let it go altar call. I want to leave some things in this altar. I want us to leave some things in this altar. Can I say that again? Y'all are looking at me uptight now. Uh Uh-oh, here comes an invitation. Listen, I prayed last night. I said, oh God, let there be a deliverance in the altar tomorrow. Let, Let people get set free from things they don't really need. We need to spit out some dead rodents. We need to get rid of some things we don't need. We need to say, Lord, I'm going to leave that thing you've been talking to me about. I'm going to leave it in the altar, and I'm going to walk out of church without it. I came in with it, but I'm going to leave without it. Amen? See, if you've been struggling to let go of something in obedience to God, the grace is here to help you. Remember, something better is waiting on the other side of letting go. Amen? So let's bow for a moment of prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, how important it is that we let go of things that we don't really need or things that are hindering our walk. Things that we're going to run better. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be happier if we let go. Now with our heads bowed, if you can say, Jeff... I need to let go of something today. Don't be ashamed. I want you to lift your hand. Lift it high. Just put it up. All over this place. Amen. I want you to come to the altar quickly. I'm going to obey the Lord. I want you to come quickly. Come now. Come now. Come now. Come quickly. Because we're going to have a let go. We're going to leave things in this altar. This this altar is going to be a depository. We're going to leave things here. We're going to leave things here that need to go. In the name of Jesus, it might be an offense. It, it, it could be a, a, an unforgiveness. It could be some bitterness. It could be uh, any one of a, a, a thousand different things, but we got to let go. We need to let go because in letting go, we're going to be free. In letting go, we're going to be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, you see all these precious people. Let's lift our hands to the Lord today. I want you to say with me, Lord Jesus. You know my struggle with letting this go. And that it has been a battle. And I have even growled at God. But Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And I'm here today to lay this thing down. To let go. And so, Lord, I let go. Now you fill in the blank. Just fill in the blank. Tell God what it is. Fill in the blank. Say, I let go. I let go. I lay it down. I lay it down. Say it. Just say it to God. I let go of, and you fill in the blank. Now say, Lord, I know you heard this prayer. Thank you for setting me free today. I let go. I leave it in this altar. I leave without it. I don't pick it back up. I don't carry it out with me, but I'm leaving it in this altar. Lord, I'm free from it now because I have given it up. I have laid it down. 
And Lord, thank you for my freedom. Thank you that I will walk faster, stronger, lighter, because I gave this up today. In the name of Jesus, I let go. Come on, give him praise. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want you to know this was not just a little religious exercise. This was real. What you lay down, when you walk away, it's here, and you can't come get it again. We're going to take it out with the trash today. We're going to, we're going to say with Paul, we're going to say with Paul, I, I put it in the trash. I put it in the trash like rubbish, because anything that holds us back is rubbish. Amen? So so you're leaving without it, and I want you to know that. And, and, and I'm listen, you can't get it back. You gave it to God. You can't come take it back. God has it. Amen? So I want you to believe that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of you needed this today? You need this today? Aren't you glad that God let go of Jesus? And Jesus let go of all that he had there and came here. Aren't you glad that in letting go, all of us were redeemed? Amen. 